Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome everyone. I have a very special guest for you on Aging Fearlessly this week. Her name is Georgia Grace and she is a sex educator and intimacy coach and she aims to bring mindfulness to sex and empower people to love their sensual selves. She coaches not only individuals but couples and groups and today she's going to talk to us about reclaiming our sexuality. Welcome Georgia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's very exciting because, you know, your mum and I talk about you a lot. So um, (laughs) I sort of have an idea of what you're up to and it's just really fantastic. Mm. And I thought for the listeners, let's just throw in something different because often sex is something that we don't openly talk about. Who inspired you to become a sex educator? Yeah, so a few things inspired me and a few people it it wasn't just one but it really came from a lack of education about sex and a lack of knowledge and understanding and and conversations so the inspiration really drew from a, a pain that there wasn't this work that existed whilst I grew up having quite an open dialogue about um sex there, there was a lot that was left out for me and it was up until this year that I decided that I really wanted to put myself into the work and I started studying at the Institute of Somatic Sexology um, to become a sex educator and to, to work with people of all ages to have these conversations. So it initially started off as wanting to really educate young people and start in schools but the more work that I did and the more conversations that I had I realized that there were so many people of all ages that wanted to continually learn and and to have these conversations and to have this education that it seems that no one really got. So I can speak from growing up in the 60s and 70s that I do believe our sex education was somewhat lacking Mm. and there was a lot of talking in the school playground. Mm. I know my father was the one that instigated the chat around the dining room table and I think I was horrified. And, you know, you might have talked about what happens and, you know, how bodily changes and whatever, but I don't think anyone ever gave me the talk in how to gain pleasure or, Mm. or, you know, prepared me for what was to come in the future. And it all seems to be that sort of risk aversion. So how not to get pregnant, how not to get an STI, rather than how to develop really intimate relationships, how to feel pleasure, how to go deeper into your own understanding of who you are and what you want from sex and relationships. Because those conversations 
can be quite vulnerable and can be quite awkward, so we don't have them. Yeah, and I think you you said something a minute ago, which really um, what makes me want to say that in my youth, my teens, um, women or young girls did fall pregnant and usually had to leave a family home mm-hmm. and go to an institution mm-hmm. th- throughout their pregnancy, give birth to a child who was termed an unwanted child, and that child was adopted out. Well, fortunately for the child, they probably went to a family that really wanted children because Mm. there was such a lack of methods of IVF available. So people only had adoption or fostering. I think that's one thing that we all faced. And there was always the fear of God that if you did the wrong thing and you did fall pregnant, that there was big consequences. Yeah. And even then just hearing the the amount of stigma and shame and fear that's associated with sex which is ingrained in in our bodies and in our understanding of sex that really limits that access to to wanting to learn more and to find out more. And I think in from a female point of view that it was almost that sex was dirty mm. and there was some real I don't know, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, but it was, it was a, there was a minefield of things going on that women especially are carrying into, you know, generations beyond. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're all very real experiences that when working with people of similar ages, it, it's, it's a lot, it's deep work to, to work through all of the experiences that have, that they've had throughout their lives and, to to change the way that sex is seen and felt in in the body it's yeah it's it's deep work wow we've only talked about one little thing i should <laughs> see this is going to go a long way you chose a song for me called flow and it's an australian song can you tell me a bit about flow and what it means to you or why you chose it yeah sure so i love this song um and even just the word itself i i feel that it particularly in the practice of sex education and intimacy coaching to really just trust and and let go of any inhibitions and just to flow through what is what you're feeling in the moment with the person by yourself um it's great inspiration for me Uh, i love music in um how i move throughout the day and it this is a really sort of central sexy song Welcome back. You're listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen on 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. What a wonderful choice in song, Georgia. (laughs) I really liked that. Really great beat. Yeah, it's a bit fun. Yeah, it is. And sometimes in the working day, you need something that's fun at the end of it, don't you? Yeah, definitely. We've talked a little bit about what Sex Educator does, but what type of person is interested in your sort of work? Who who comes to see someone like yourself? Yeah, so originally I started off working with people in their 20s. And that um, probably was because it was similar to me. And, and to who I am. Um, but the more work I've been doing, I've been working with people who are in their 50s and older. But it's really proven to show that there isn't just one person that can benefit. There isn't just one person 
that is interested in this work and and the conversations that I'm having on a daily basis are with people who I never thought would be interested but just by having the title of sex educator it opens up this world that uh, of inquisition where people really want to learn more so there's no age or gender or or any one type of person but I guess the the type of person who's coming to see me is someone who is really keen to learn who who has this desire to to grow so they have to have a probably a little bit of an open mind to and and a mind that wants to explore new things and part of what I always call the lifelong education it doesn't have to be in something that's the reading the writing and the arithmetic but learning about yourself yeah yeah completely and and that that really comes back to how we teach and and teaching somatically which means to teach with the body so it doesn't a session doesn't look like a, a reading and writing session, a, a teacher <laughs> Oh, the no, here's, yeah. here's a book and here's a few pictures. No. Yeah, I don't think you can teach sex that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sort of thinking about, you know, I, I look at my age group, the over 50s, and I say, well, there's a lot of us that are, well, there's a lot of people that are empty nesters. There's a lot of women who've always been single. Then there's those who are newly single there's the ones going on maybe to find a new partner. And if I go back to the empty nesters, those that want to revive the mm. relationship they're in. Yeah. So does it fit for all of those? Yeah, completely. Um, and it really comes back to when I'm working with people who are similar to what you've described, uh, really dedicating time to the self and to self-practice and to making sure that um, to coming back to a presence. So there's a lot of um, coaching in how to express yourself sexually. It comes back to consent, to teaching about pleasure, anatomy. Um, So yeah, any type of person throughout any stage of their life, if there's that that desire to want to learn more and, and that um, that almost knowing that there is more out there than this work is, yeah, fit for them. I think um, for many women, let's say the empty nesters, they've had careers and they've been raising families and I think a lot of their own pleasure and they lose themselves in, in mm-hmm. the life that they've been leading and there's, they've probably been too busy, there's always someone else at home or around, someone that is taking their time away from them. So mm. I, I think for them too, you know, this is, um, it's almost like starting again. Yeah. And it, and it's really empowering work because the way that we teach it, it's coming back to the self and it's that almost like that gift that they haven't given to themselves. They've been giving, giving to everyone else. And now it's a time to really give pleasure, to give space and time and, yeah, it, it can be foreign and, and different and almost challenging to work through those ingrained patterns that it's always dedicating time and, and pleasure to others and then to sort of rewind it, to rebuild that muscle memory and, and to uh, teach how to self-pleasure. And what about confidence again? Does it help mm. people with their confidence? Yeah, completely. Um, it's quite broad in the sense uh, of the type of work and the impact that it can have on someone's life. 
you can really see someone who is really sort of grounded in in their sex and in their body and the way that they move throughout the world and it's um interesting to look at the progression generally if we're doing coursework or or a few weeks of sessions to see how someone holds themselves in their body once they've gone through this exploration of their own sex and pleasure and how they they move and how they sit after you can physically see it but but also in the way that they speak about themselves and mm. and how they feel so it's like a new appreciation of themselves isn't yeah. it it's just like oh yeah you know yeah it's like an igniting of of a new me yeah yeah completely so what are the main issues and concerns yeah. of people who come to see you yeah so it can be anything um as physical as premature ejaculation or not feeling pleasure or not experiencing orgasm or orgasmic states to uh, wanting to feel more sexy in the way that they wear their clothes or the way that they move or to feel safe being sexy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's that, that huge range from the physical to the emotional and, and social. I want to come back to all of this, but you've mm-hmm. chosen another song, So Good at Being in Trouble. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, So Good at Being in Trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Would your mum yeah. attest that you yeah. was so good at being in yeah, trouble? Yeah, a little yeah, a little too good. It is it's a song that um helped me justify doing certain things and and being being true to myself. It's yeah, it's a funky one. <laughs> Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen. Please go to Facebook and like the page Aging Fearlessly. Another great choice of song. So I want to bring up that yin and and yang Mm. because I think many women... And mm. I talk a lot from a woman's point of view because my book was Aging Fearlessly for Women. I know myself, we work in a world and we work in a very masculine way. A lot of times I think our sexuality gets thrown out the door. Mm. What's your thought? Yeah, so we talk a lot about in, in the work that we do about um, masculinity and femininity and, and where you sit in those realms. Um, typically the people who I've seen who do bring up the issue of being constantly in their their masculine and wanting to explore that sort of um, feminine, pure love, sensualness. Um, it, it's, a, it's this struggle and it's this um, desire to want to be strong and to be powerful and to be successful while also having those qualities of femininity. Uh, I do believe and the work that I I want to see in the future is is working in a world where we don't see them as two just two traits but allowing and accepting the fact that we can be a human being that has all of them and not having to sort of say that we are either masculine or feminine but just allowing that flow between 
both qualities and, and both traits that um, become apparent and allowing the person to just be human mm-hmm. rather than sort of pigeonholing. But it is, and, and it's it's the work that um, I've been doing with a lot of uh powerful, successful women um, who have this um, trouble trying to find their more feminine sides, particularly in the workforce when they're, they're having to be powerful and they're, and they're having to be strong for everyone else and, and not allowing their more feminine qualities to come in. Because it's really only, I'm going to put a figure on it, around from the 70s on that women really started to step out and take more management roles and and really work forward you know a lot of women stayed in teaching nursing etc but now they're going out for these more power jobs Mm, mm. and that's where I think um, some women you know struggle a little Mm. and it's a very real a very real thing Um, and it does it 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 takes a lot of work on the self to to work through that, um, to feel into it and to allow it and to see the benefits of both. So just let's just cut for a minute. You have a favourite quote. Yeah. What's your favourite quote? Yeah, so my favourite quote has been um, really important for me, particularly in this year in sitting in the unknown and it's all that I know is that I am present with you right now. This I find really useful in working with people when coming back to a a practice that is not distracted by everything else that is going on with life, but really feeling into the moment, allowing pleasure and distractions and normal life to arise, but not to let it control you. Also in helping me on my own journey as a sex educator and sort of having to let go of all of the judgments that I've been, I have received along the way from other people and all of the praise and the willingness, the love for the work, um, but just to really be in the moment and to know that all that I, all that I know is that I am present with you right now. You've just twigged something in my mind. What are some of the judgments that you've yeah. found? Yeah, so it, it's quite interesting, um, t- particularly in more social situations, in uh, speaking with people who have never heard or never met of a, a sex educator before, which is quite often. We're a bit of a rare breed at the moment. Um, but it it really is a an instant reaction to the unknown. So it could just be trivial jokes about the work that I do, mm-hmm. how I do it, what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Um, and it's interesting how quickly that sort of shifts when I can spend time with that person and talk to them about the work that I'm doing, make it really accessible and not unknown. And the really beautiful, rich conversations that have come from an sort of instant reaction of judgment to a, a real want and, and needing Need to, to, yeah, yeah. to learn more. Well, that's that's um, it's great that you can switch it to that because mm. I think quite often people would just, you know, 
cower away and you know mm. some people would just want not want to talk about it but if you can educate it's an education yeah. it's just educating people it's it's another line of i i suppose counseling yeah exactly yeah. you know it's just has a name of sex educator yeah so it just sounds a little bit more mm. yeah 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 <laughs> um i believe there's a, a real growing interest in exploring our sexual selves why do mm. you think this is so yeah I, i've noticed it potentially because i have really immersed myself in in the world of sex this year and and the studies and the work out there but there just seems to be this growing um, desire to to learn more, and I feel it's because it's now allowed. It's now what the more conversations that we're having, it's but people feel liberated in having these conversations, and not only that, but there is proof out there now of the the scientific impact that it is having on our bodies and as a western world we we like that scientific proof we like that that report that can show us that our neurobiology is impacted on the work that we're doing and it's that uh, mix between Eastern and Western practices that it, all of these Eastern practices on of mindfulness and, and meditation are now being backed up. So now we can believe it and we can see the benefits. Yeah, well, mindfulness for the last probably 10, 10 or 12 years has been a really popular way of describing mm. um you know, going about things and being mindful, whether you're mindfully eating or um, being mindful of just what you're doing is being in the moment, isn't mm, it, really? Yeah. Because if you're looking forward, you're mm. not in the moment. Mm. You know, you've got to stay in that present. And, mm. you know, I think about eating and we're usually shoving food in our mouths and looking at a phone or talking mm. when really that whole process of eating if you're thinking about it, it's a really important function yeah. in our lives. We don't eat, we don't survive. Yeah, and completely. So being mindful about that in particular, and yeah, so. Mm. And that and that is uh, being mindful in sex is is some of the most important work that we do as somatic sex educators. Is how can you come back into your body and what strategies and techniques and things can you do to be mindful while you're having sex but hang on I've got to mop the floor I'm <laughs> yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah, yeah. oh that floor out there yeah that's yeah I'm not going to say anymore yeah. <laughs> color <laughs> you chose a song yeah. called color yeah this is really fun and and I feel like it, I mean all of these songs are pretty sexy but yeah this this came to me at a good time let's listen to the song color and not think about mopping the floor yeah <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. Today I'm talking to Georgia Grace, who is a sex educator, and that song we just heard was Colour. And Georgia, 
chose that song for us today and I, I thought just again it's a wonderful choice in music mm. and I was just really enjoying it in that uh, little time mm. when we were off air. So Georgia, I wanted to ask you again about people with low libido and let's go through say men and women, you help me out there with yeah. what happens if I come to you to, and I've got low libido, What what can you sort of help me with? Yeah, so it really comes down to, we'd spend a bit of time looking at the reasons for low libido. Um, it can be anything from trauma to um, lack of education to lack of pleasure so that that no desire to actually want to have sex with yourself or other or others um so it we'd spend time getting to know the person and their history um and then also really looking at what turns someone on what is sexy what feels good and and how can we work with that. How can you learn more about that and, and why that is to make sex fun and, and to make an individual want sex and, and make it feel good? What mm. about if you have a partner? Do partners often come along for advice together? Yeah, so there's some great partner work that can be done, um, whether it is a new partner, an old partner or someone you're just wanting to learn with. Uh, it's it's beautiful in the sense that it provides space for two people to come together and and to not let it be led by either one, just to sort of surrender to a moment and to learn together. Um, there's also really beautiful partner work that you can do that I can do with someone one on one that can be taken to their partner, but it it really works on those that element of consent and pleasure and, and being present present with someone. So there's a lot to do with breathing? Mm, yeah, yeah. So quite similar in the practices that we've spoken about, um, like yoga and meditation and mindfulness, we work a lot with breath and movement and sound and, and how all of those things that you can naturally do with your body can allow access to to pleasure and and to being in your body to to really coming back to your body and breathing of course is something that slows us down mm. and does bring us back when you're thinking about that breath going yeah. into your body and mm. exhaling again and really letting that air out of your body yeah and I know you know if you if you doing hypnosis or anything like that it mm. all comes back to breathing doesn't yeah. it yeah completely and just like slowing down also speeding up and how does faster breath up regulating breath what does that do to your bodily sensations what does that do to uh, your presence in your body and coming at it with an inquisitive mind and and wanting to learn from your own body and your own breath how all of these different types of breath the 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 different speed and variation, how that can have an impact on you and how you're feeling. It's really, really fascinating. Mm. And so for singles, you know, we've talked about partners, but a lot of times I don't think people realise that they don't have to have a partner to need or, or to want to come and learn more, mm. do they? 
Yeah, and and some of the mo most beautiful foundational work can be done by an individual, by having that time to, to work on yourself. It, it really allows you to get to know what you like and, and what feels good and then to be given the skills and tools to communicate that to a partner if a partner comes around and if not allowing yourself to give back to yourself is, is a really important thing. It's, uh, I know I've met friends of mine over the years that have said oh, I don't care if I ever have sex again now mm. that I'm not married. And they're seriously, they've just really decided that yeah. no one. And I, I find that can't you just to keeping an open mind about these things because never never is a very long time. Yeah, yeah. And to say I'll, I'll never is yeah. like, how do you know that that one person, you know, yes, mm. you can pleasure yourself, but how do you know that one person isn't going to come along in your life? Mm and make that difference that changes your mind completely and and com coming at anything with an open mind particularly sex um whilst being open also being really aware of your boundaries and and what you want to do and and your own consent in the act is just as important, but then also allows a greater access to pleasure and, and greater desire if you really do feel like you want it. So, yeah, whilst they're, they're saying they, they may never want to have sex again, that it'd be interesting for them to, to look into why that is and, mm, and where their yeah. consent comes into There's play. something more happening, isn't it, yeah. to to what's brought this about and whether mm. it's been an unpleasant or a traumatic experience with a previous partner or previous husband or whatever, yeah. or wife, you know, that they want to turn away from it completely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, as I said, never's a very long time. Mm, yeah. It is to not have sex. <laughs> yeah, so if you could give someone some advice in starting out, what would that be? Yeah, gosh, they... There, there's a lot of um, sort of first things that you can do uh, to really look at what you're wanting and, and why you're wanting it and then to do more practical things like to revisit your breath and your body and, and your own pleasure and, and looking at pleasure in every day. So uh, I feel that often we are taught or told that the life of pain will reach success and, and then we'll reach the goal work hard and and then you'll be happy yep. um how can you choose pleasure in every day and how can you give pleasure to yourself in every day um not sexually can then translate to a sexual practice so what can you do for yourself that is pleasurable and if you're starting out to, to really be inquisitive and to rid yourself of judgment and to be open because if you're wanting to learn more about your sex and, and about your own pleasure, there's, there's a lot that will come up and to allow yourself the, the judgment-free journey is uh, where, where that true inquisition and, and um, pleasure can lie judgment it's mm. a very hard thing we do to ourselves yeah, isn't it it is we judge 
I mean, I judge myself every day. Mm. You know, you sort of judge your performance or, oh, why did I do that? I, that didn't do that well mm. or that interview didn't go well or I didn't handle that situation well. Mm. And you know what about judgment? We don't often judge ourselves and say something great. Yeah. You know, gee, I did that really well. I'm proud of myself. Mm. Do you yeah. find that? Yeah, yeah, completely. And um, the beautiful thing about the work is when I see clients who have come back and they're able to acknowledge the, the journey that they've been through and they're proud to to be proud of something and, and to be proud of work that can be riddled with judgment and shame but to to find beauty in that um that that's where the some great growth lies so i just want to come back to the empty nesters for a minute because many people whose kids have grown up they have really not connected wholly for a Mm. very long time so many things have changed how great would it be to learn and revisit and possibly discover more wonderful things than they ever knew Mm, yeah yeah, yeah, and it, it's liberating to give that back to yourself and to be inspired by this new stage or this amount of time that you have to to relearn and to revisit. And, and our bodies are always changing, so there's always capacity to learn something new. You know, I'm laughing in my head as you're speaking, thinking, you know, when my parents were in their 70s and you think, oh, my God, I hope they're still not. Having sex, but but really, you know, it's probably been a wonderful part of their life. Yeah, you know, a lot of if if you've lasted in a marriage that long, you still would hope to think that you've got something to look forward to in each other as well. So some, you know, you hear of people that, or very few, probably make it to seventy years of marriage, but quite a few make it to sixty years of marriage, and you've got to keep that spark going somewhere. It's a damn long journey. Exactly, and (laughs) and. I mean, it's interesting to to go on my own journey with people around me and to go from a place of, oh, I don't want to hear about that, I don't want to know about that, and still I don't want the details or anything, but to to be proud of people who are still in love and and to show affection and, and to be intimate with each other is a, a testament to a relationship and should be encouraged and celebrated. Isn't it wonderful when you see an elderly couple walking down the road yeah. holding hands, but occasionally you see one stop and just really embrace and have a mm. wonderful kiss? Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. That is so nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's nice that that display of affection happens. mm I'm pausing, reading the name of the next song. Do you remember what it is? Oh, no. Open. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so tell me a, about Open. This is a good one. Um, I feel that this really relates to what we're speaking about and all of the work. In the lyrics, you can see subtle hints of um, sensuality and eroticism, and but with quite a, a sweet background. And... In, in the word itself and the lyrics, it's a, just a nice reminder to, to be open, to, to be open to the present moment and, and to other people. I'm sure we're going to enjoy open. Mm. 
You are listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. We are back with Georgia, who is a sex educator, and we're talking mainly about the over 50s. What she's talking about today works for everybody, goes for everybody. So, Georgia, what do you love about what you do? Oh, there's so much that that I I love about the work. Um, for for me and my own journey and what I've learnt has changed my relationships with others, with family, with friends, and and with myself. But I I love the way it's changing relationships and it's. Um, changing the way that people are in their bodies and and the really obvious impact it's having on their lives and the the openness that is coming from this work and the acceptance and and moving into a a world and and community community and dialogue and rhetoric that um is based in on love and love for the self and the body and pleasure mm. uh, but also the the access to pleasure that it allows and the access to being comfortable with feeling pleasure I have absolutely loved today mm. and just we've got a few more minutes left but oh gosh we haven't got a few more minutes left <laughs> There was one more song, but we're going to have to can that. Mm. Sorry. (laughs) So if someone wants to embrace the field of work that you're working in, how do they go about finding out about it? Sure. So I studied at the Institute of Somatic Sexology. You can find that by um, Googling that and that will come up there. Um, The teachers are based in Brisbane, but you can do the course online. And if anybody wants to ask you any questions or find out more from you, how do they find you? Sure, uh, that can be done through my website, www.georgiagraced.com. Honestly, I know I've talked to your mum a few times about getting you on here and finally yeah. I've lassoed you, <laughs> dragged you in here, kicking and screaming, not. But it's great to have you in here today yeah. and... You know, I'm always trying to give my ageing fearlessly listeners something else to think about Mm. in their lives because we can all learn something all the time and there's so many wonderful aspects of life Mm. to be enjoyed and to experience and I just thought, well, why not bring this to them? So thank you, Georgia. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Mine too. (laughs) So that's it for today. I know these days just go so fast. I can't believe it. Until next time, this is Karen Sander from Aging Fearlessly. Have a great week. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in your eye. It's not all nine to five. It's a wonderful life. 
Let's go and climb mountains high. Swim across oceans wide. Live out our dreams, just you and me. Let your heart be alive. There's no time to waste. Gotta go get the most out of time. This treasure that you've got to find, baby. Don't be shy. Let's go and take that ride. Taste the sweet and the spice, everything else. Let your heart be alive, baby. Just let your heart come alive, honey. Let your heart be alive. 